This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Presidential Elections. Are you in fear for your life because of the existential threat of a presidential candidate you don't prefer becoming democratically elected? Or do you get immense sexual satisfaction from the idea of your enemies tearing up because your favorite presidential candidate has been elected? Introducing Presidential Elections. Put away your logic-based thinking and suit up in your favorite candidate's jersey. What was that you say? My candidate did a bad thing? Complete and utter lies. And you should feel bad for saying that. By the way, your candidate did a bad thing. What was that? You don't believe me? Hey, I hate you. Make sure you condemn and disassociate with your friends and family in the name of some old dude that doesn't know or care about you. Because, again, elections are obviously life or death. And now, on to the show. In this episode, I talk with a b-boy that has been in the game for decades. He's a California Bay Area OG and the owner of Break Right Fitness. He recently started DJing and posting mixes weekly on YouTube and SoundCloud. Please enjoy the episode with B-Boy Precise. Welcome everyone to the edge of the internet. I don't know how you made it here, but I'm glad you made it. Today, I have a special guest. He is the leader of the Golden State Breakers. He's a founding member of the Beats and Pieces crew, and he's a small business owner, Break Right Fitness. My friend, B-Boy Precise. What's up, man? Yo, yo, what's good, what's good? Glad to be on your show, finally. Yeah, I see you got this dope GSB banner behind you. That was, oh, yeah, uh, that's definitely something that I, you know, I'm very proud of to have in my studio. Yeah, I, I'm kind of jealous because I wish there was uh, two of those so I could have could have copped one. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, right? Back when, uh, you know, I was doing GSB with you guys. Um, dope, dude. So, man, we, we're living in some pretty strange times right now with all this COVID thing and the shutdowns. And I mean, it's really been affecting, like, I think... I mean, it's been affecting everybody, but definitely like small businesses and stuff. And so I know <clears throat> you run your Break Right Fitness and it's, uh, you know, how have you guys been kind of coping with with the transition from, you know, uh, going from in, in-person classes into now basically being shut down and, you know, being in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing that nobody could ever, you know, predict that COVID was going to, you know, take out small business businesses like this, you know. And for me personally, it's really shut down my business, you know, about, you know, almost 100%. I still teach, you know, uh, but it's not the same and I don't have the same attendance that I, I did before COVID hit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's definitely more of a challenge to teach because now, you know, not only do we have to wear our masks, we're taking more breaks in between and it's just a little bit more, you know, a little bit more consuming for the students to kind of be under that stress of wearing a mask, you know, breaking's hard already without a mask. You know, so you put on a mask and these kids are are just, you know, they they can't get used to that yet, you know. So it's just very hard in terms of, you know, trying to teach like that under those conditions. Yeah, no, definitely. And so I know you you were saying earlier that you don't you didn't really um, do too many online things, um, but I've I have seen uh, a number of 
people that you know are running small businesses similar to yours that have started doing online um, classes and stuff and, and you know notably like my brother Moy um, Natron Natron yeah so like uh, what what do you think about that and what's your thoughts on that on online classes yeah I mean I think it's I think it's great you know I think it works for some teachers that they're able to you know still teach and still able to you know reach a different you know capacity as far as uh you know not being an in-person teaching mm -hmm. uh yeah. online online classes are challenging you know i went to school for four years online and man was that a, a challenge in itself mm. you know uh, so for students i mean i think it's you know you're fighting a couple different elements as far as like can they work the computer can they hear you can they see you is you know is, yeah. is your yeah. is your music is your, is your music able to translate to them you know on the right tempo uh, you know so there's a lot of different challenges but i think the era that we're in right now this is what it is right now and to be an online teacher you just gotta you know roll with you know whatever the challenges are and be adaptable and flexible and uh you know, and I think it's, it makes you a better teacher. I just haven't transitioned into that yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of my students have asked, but I just haven't, you know, I haven't got there because I'm, you know, for me, the teacher that I am, I'm more of a side-by-side -side feeling, you know, re really breaking things down to you yeah. uh, versus, yeah. you know, uh, watching the YouTube video and being like, hey, you know, like learn off of this, which you can, but the difference between that is that you don't have the feeling, yeah. right? So when a teacher is side by side by you, you can, you know, kind of give them more of a motivation and feeling with yeah. whatever you're teaching them. Par particularly with breaking, I think that it's such a very like three dimensional thing that doing it on a 2D screen makes it challenging because it's like you you're you're looking at maybe your student they're doing some move and you're trying to uh, adjust their positions or whatever of their legs or feet or whatever in two dimensions which i imagine would be very difficult whereas if you're just in person you could just go oh yeah you got to move your foot back like six inches and kind of that way or whatever you know you could you could right. literally grab their foot and kind of move it so that challenge you know i think it, it, it really breaks down to, um, I guess, like how you you can actually break down these moves and explain them to someone. I mean, I, I can definitely see how it would make you a better teacher because now you're like, okay, I don't have the benefit of being able to just grab someone's foot and move it. I have to actually explain it three-dimensionally how to move it there, and I can't even go near them to do that. So, um, yeah means yeah it means that you need to have a very good understanding of the moves a very good understanding of what they're doing wrong and then how to correct it yeah yeah absolutely and then you know the more you know the more uh people you have like maybe on a zoom call you know like instead of like being like a teacher looking at everybody in the class out you know and being able to kind of like pinpoint like you're looking at a screen looking like all right well, where, <laughs> you know where's this guy or girl at like yeah. you know and so, you know that 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 takes away from the essence of teaching too but you know again it's just this is what you know this is what we have to deal with right now uh being flexible and adaptable yeah uh, that's why you need the, the 70 inch screen <laughs> tv absolutely yeah. yeah on a computer screen you're not gonna I mean, you can still get it done, right? But I mean, having a bigger screen would definitely help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess like in adaptability, it's 
been kind of a challenge. Um, if someone was to say want to uh, start a business now during this time, what would be something? What would be a recommendation you would have for them to to get into this kind of space? Because it's you know it's definitely got its own challenges, and and I think everybody's still figuring it out. But from someone who's just starting, they wanted to you know start teaching online or t or whatever. What would be the first step you would you would tell them to do? Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, as you see, a lot of businesses are shutting down, but then you see other businesses that are evolving into, you know, making something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and that's dope because the people that make something out of nothing are going to be here a lot longer uh, than, you know, the previous businesses that have already shut down, you know, so. First and foremost, you know, do your research, you know, and find out what your, you know, what your target market is and really mm -hmm. how to market to those certain individuals, you know, whether it's, you know, online, which everything is right now, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, use other sources of media, you know, however that may be. Uh, you know, you just got to be very creative uh, in order to kind of, you know, build up your following, mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning. Uh, and really just have that grit to not, you know, to not really to, to quit, you know, things are going to get hard, of course, but, you know, you really have to persevere through through these challenges uh, in order to, you know, see any type of success, you know. So the first thing is just, you know, know, know what the target market is and, and how to, you know, how to really go about that. Yeah. Do you think doing like one-on-one um, -on -one classes is a viable option? I know that that's because you were saying earlier the challenge is maybe when there's a ton of people that you're working with it gets hard to, to really adjust them but one-on-one -on -one thing i mean you might even be able to do those in person in a way um you know as long as you're you know practicing safe uh practices um i i i heard of a couple people that were doing in-person classes just one-on-one -on -one stuff with masks and whatever um do you think that that would maybe be a good way to start it as well if you have the if you have the facility or the you mm -hmm. know the place to do it, then absolutely, yeah, you can do that for sure. But you just gotta follow the guidelines as far as keeping everybody and yourself safe. I do that right now. I only take one student at a time. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. whereas before the, some of the students would come in here and they would just wait, or the parents would wait, you know, in the studio as well. You know, that doesn't happen no more. Mm -hmm. You know, parents have to wait outside, one student in at a time. Uh, you, you know, and it's basically just a private, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And which works, it still works. You're still getting the teaching out, you know, and the students still able to get, you know, whatever they want to get done here, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, to, to to do fitness or to break, you know, they're still going to leave here knowing that, you know, it, it was a good session for them. But, yeah, you know, yeah. you really just got to follow the guidelines and keep everybody safe and make sure that, uh, you know, everything is clean before the next person comes in. Mm -hmm. One thing I saw in, um, I was out in Santa Barbara, like recently, and um, I, I saw that on the street, basically all these businesses on the street, they pulled their businesses outside into the street. They had the, the city basically shut down the street like for miles and all those businesses on that main street were able to go into the street and just do all their stuff. So there was like barber shops and stuff and nail salons, and they were doing all their business basically outside. I'm wondering if maybe that's a viable option. And I'm sure there's probably someone out there in the, in the breaking community that's doing something like that. Oh yeah. No, that, that, there's always an option to go outside for sure. You know, you, there's, 
you know, the studios that are doing that right now because they, they're not allowed to have people inside, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, I, and some of my students that come here, they actually have to practice outside in the parking lot, you know, because they're not allowed to be inside because they're packing too many people in a small area. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what it takes to be, you know, to, for businesses to, to stay in business. They have to get creative, you mm -hmm. know, and they have to take it outside or they have to do it in smaller numbers, right? So, in that essence, that, that does work. But how long does it work for until, you know, the guidelines change again, and then you can't do it outside and then you have to get creative again to figure out what the next step is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree for sure. It's um, it's a challenging thing. Um, so like moving on to to some other stuff is Golden State Breakers. I know like because you guys were you guys were kind of in the middle of the last season and when everything kind of shut down, the NBA completely shut itself down. And so I know that this is also affecting like the whole entertainment industry, really. And, and so I know that you guys haven't really done any new games. Um, do you think that there's a way to actually continue doing like entertainment type of work in this in this world or, you know, in this COVID um, pandemic? Oh, in the capacity right now that we're in right now, I mean, all the artists are struggling, you know, left and right, you know, from GS Breakers to Cirque du Soleil, you know, letting go of 4,000 employees, you know, to not having, you know, live fans at, you know, baseball games, yeah. you know, yeah. everything is, is changed, right? And it might be like that for a few years, you know, uh, because there is no physical way to make sure that, you know, people in the crowd or audience are safe because, you know, at a game, you know, as you know, in the arena, people are stacked up on different, you know, seats and everything. So if someone's yelling, you know, above you, you're going to get, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, it's coming down from that, you know, yeah. uh, or, or side by side. Right. So I, I don't know how they're going to, you know, physically do that. You know, if COVID is still around for, you know, a few more years, which yeah. right now, the, you know, the cases are rising and doesn't look like anything's stopping right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, as far as entertainment, I'm sure you can still have entertainment there, but it's, you know, but it wouldn't be the same entertainment that you would be getting if you had a live audience, right? Yeah. Uh, you might not get shows, but you might be able to, you know, have people come out and do, you know, freestyle stuff, you know, or you might be able to do a show, but it might just be for, you know, the players and, you know, and maybe cardboard cutouts, you know, moving forward. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was thinking like, what if there was like, you know, you guys were making just like a video of your show and then and then they'll they'll play it during, you know, breaks or whatever during the games. Um, maybe that's an option. I don't know how down they would be. I mean, they obviously have a lot of commercials and stuff that they got to play. But um, well, you know, what would be dope would be like to actually film us you know to actually film the entertainment and so that way they don't have to take commercial breaks and you don't and you don't miss seeing you know the live entertainment yeah yeah you know yeah. so you actually get some you know some live air you know coverage of you know the the dance teams you know that would be dope uh but yeah i mean playing a video you know is good too but you know it's just uh you know entertainment is just de definitely uh, definitely something that's changed and i, I really don't see you know how entertainment can come back at this moment yeah no I, I i i've been really trying to figure out how that could work um and i haven't 
really thought of a good way of that. And I mean, I'm I'm definitely not the smartest person or the best person to talk to about that, but it's <laughs> it's been something that's really been rolling around in my mind about like if this thing is here to stay for a while, there definitely has to be some kind of change so that you know these these performers can actually like make a living still you know uh because i think that there's a demand for that stuff still but it's not to it's not in the same you can't deliver that material in the same way that we've been delivering it before because now obviously it's got to be most likely online and so you know i know that netflix and all that stuff has been really blowing up recently so uh maybe there's a way to do you know put like Cirque du Soleil shows on Netflix or YouTube or whatever the heck I mean maybe and then you're paying like a premium to watch it or yeah. something maybe that's... They, actually, they actually started doing that oh did they yeah they actually started doing something similar to that uh, but um yeah well the point you just brought up about entertainment you know leads me back to thinking about you know before you do the shows you know you have rehearsals and everything as you know you know you're in a studio and you're with you you know your group and everything so uh, you know that's going to change too because now gyms you know are closing down mm -hmm. right so how are they going to keep you know our you know the dance teams together and still be able to you know to be you know uh universal and, and put out you know a good product you know when everything is you know shut down yeah you know yeah. uh you know it's just it's just a a lot of unknown answers right now. And it's frustrating because uh, it's just, you know, I, I like to have answers, you know, when people like want to know something and I don't have anything. So it's just very frustrating for me to kind of just be in limbo. Yeah, it, you want to have like a map of where you're going. And right now the map doesn't quite exist. And, you know, you hear on TV, uh, you know politicians are saying we're going this way oh no we're going that way and it's like they don't it definitely seems to me like they don't even have a map either so no. <laughs> everybody doesn't have a map like they it's don't the have a map in the blind. they're the ones who should have a map and uh so my map is definitely wrong um so yeah no it, it definitely breeds it's a, it's a it's a perfect place to breed like anxiety about the future um in in this whole industry and so uh i think I think probably a lot of uh, people in the scene are probably feeling that that pressure right now. I mean, and, and I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned that it, you know, say COVID is ends up, you know, wrapping itself up in the next like couple months. I still think that there's going to be lasting uh, lasting consequences of it for years to come, just because of like how much it's like really affected people you know whether it's mentally physically um or financially you know and so i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out what some sort of um recommendation for people that are feeling that kind of pressure and so that's why i've been really talking to a lot of people about like covid and what they think is is in the future do you have any thoughts on that uh man i mean it's, it's, it's hard to say, right? Because there's no vaccine that's going to be readily available for, you know, people to take. And if it is, you know, they have to go through the, the trials of, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Do you, you know, do people develop the antibodies? And if they do, 
are they long lasting or they short lasting you know mm -hmm. so there's no quick fix to this covid thing right and the more our leadership you know is able to put out you know misinformation you know you're always going to have a different crowd that's going to you know go the other way which is you know why cases are spiking because you know people just don't want to listen to you know what they're supposed to listen to you know social distance you know wash your hands wear a mask you know uh so it's just you know different information instead of having the right information is leading people into you know uh a lot of you know bad errors that could be fixed and we could get out of this maybe sooner than later if we all just kind of just follow the rules so yeah i don't think covid really you know going away you know in a couple months you know uh i think i read that they were gonna have you know live audiences whether you know that the COVID is down, you know, in 2022, you know, that's a long time from now, you know, for yeah. B-boys and yeah. B-girls to, number one, not, 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 not practice, but you can still practice, right? But you're not going to practice with, with a lot of people, yeah. but to, yeah. to not be in competition and everything and not to be in your, your form of, you know, what you once were, I mean, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow because, you know, COVID really is testing everybody right now to be, to, to kind of see how bad you want this, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. are you still going to be a dope B-boy when you come back or B-girl, you know, it's just really, uh, it's, it's, re it's really just, uh, you know, it's, it's a sad situation because I almost feel like COVID put the brakes on everything, you know, and, and you know, people's lifestyles depended on this, you know, and right now it's just like, damn, what's, you know, what am I supposed to do right now? You know, yeah. if I can't break, if I can't perform, if I can't do a workshop, if I can't do this, you know, it's like that's, you know, that's your your, your yeah. physical, your physical yeah. mentality is just kind of like messed with. Yep. I think particularly with hip hop, there's, um, you know, because hip hop is birthed out of kind of like a social uh, cultural thing. Right. And right now there's not really any kind of socialness to it you can't really do a social activity by social distancing you know and i think we've obviously been seeing uh people trying their best to you know do online battles and stuff like that um and i think that for the most part they're they're looking like they're they're adapting pretty well. I know that it's not, it's definitely not the same as like a, a in-person battle, um, but I'm hoping that that's at least some sort of relief. I don't think it quite is, but you know, uh, what, I, what I'm worried is that because everything is such a, it's so socially connected now that you're doing, you're trying to do it socially distanced, that the culture maybe is going to take a hit, yeah. you know, because of that uh, in the future, too. Once everything opens up, are people going to be wearing masks to jams still, even though maybe like there's a vaccine and we know that it's like a permanent kind of fix or whatever? Do we think that there's going to be, you know, you're going to have to still battle. You're going to have circles that are like spaced out six feet apart or whatever. Like, is this going to be forever? Are we going to see this for like 10 years in the future and still like, you know what I mean? I, I do yeah. think that it it could potentially rock uh rock the breaking scene to its core to the the hip-hop scene to its core you know um one thing i was seeing with like the ufc was like basically they were they were bringing in all the fighters of on that card for that that day and they would just bring them to an an area 
and it was like they had to do all their social distancing and then they would just bring the two fighters into the into the the uh, the, the ring they would fight all the commentators would be away there's no crowd there's nothing it's just live streamed um to me it seems like maybe that's a way to do battles as well like say you're doing these online um qualifiers or whatever and then your top 16 gets an invitation to a place so now you're bringing them out you drew in all this social distance and then you bring them into this ring you clean the ring every time you know uh someone goes in and then you let them battle and do that you test everyone before they come in or whatever maybe maybe that's the way to do these big high profile events now for the for the at least the time being but you know is that going to have a long lasting effect on the culture too cuz now that we're getting so used to that what's what's going to happen i mean i think people yearn to have that party atmosphere back but yeah. they're also going to be scared of it as well yeah no absolutely i mean you know it's, the the scene's already taken a hit right and you know and, and how long will it take a hit for and yeah and those battles that you're talking about you know you know having you know set battles with you know a set amount of opponents you know just like kind of how ufc is right now that might be a good transition to go into mm -hmm. you know because you know the scene will still kind of thrive off of that yeah. but it's not going to thrive off how you know how it used to be because you know now you only have you know a certain percentage that can qualify for these events you know versus where you have everybody being there in the party atmosphere, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, at, you know, at that point, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a whole different type of, you know, jam that we're talking about. Uh, and, you know, you're always going to have people that are going to be scared, you know, to go out and, you know, and, you know, B-boys, you know, get sweaty real fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, people wanting to touch the floor after that person goes out, you know, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, can you catch the disease from sweat? I don't know. I really don't know shit about this disease, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's just you know the the it gets spread through droplets of of, of sweat, right? Oh, I see. Mm. Yeah, and so if somebody's sweating on the floor, you know, you know, you go to you know slap someone's hands, and you know they're not clean because after a battle they just touch the floor, you yeah. know. Uh, Breaking is a very very dirty. Thing. <laughs> I, it's kind of funny because <laughs> there's a lot of times when I you know. I would be practicing with somebody and you know we'll go eat afterwards or whatever this is before COVID, yeah. but um we would go yep. go eat afterwards and they don't even wash their hands and i'm like dude you know how many people walk yeah. on that floor and also they walked into the bathroom they walked outside i don't know what they stepped on dude you your hands are so like literally the dirtiest thing out there you just touched it i mean yeah, <laughs> you should at least yeah, yeah. wipe it down a little. Wipe your hands down a little bit before you go and eat your yeah. burrito or whatever the heck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. b boys recognize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I always thought that. Yeah, but see, but see that you know the, the thing is that you know this makes the the virus kind of you know put everything to the forefront as far as like you know your cleanliness. Like where if you were clean already before, then that's cool, you know. But yeah. then you see other people that you know you're talking about, you know that don't wash their hands after, you know, you know, touching the floor. And then when you think about, you know, what we step on every day, where we go and, you know, you're breaking on that floor. It's just like, and you know, some people even spit on the floor because they want to, you know, 
you know, make sure that their hands are sticky enough <laughs> to do power. You know, like for me, like when I when I do power, I can't do nothing on a slippery floor. So anytime I do power, I'm always kind of like just getting my hands ready to be sticky. So, you know, I'm putting my germs on the floor, you know, so you or someone else is going to touch it next. And we're like, yo, that was a dope round. Cool. All right, cool. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now Here. we just touch each other. Have a little COVID. Here you go. <laughs> Have a little COVID, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, maybe it's a good thing because uh, one of the things I've always clowned um, the breaking community is that like, yo, you guys need a shower more. You got to clean yourself. <laughs> like there's so many times I go to a jam and it's like, how much body odor do I smell right now? Come on, man. Bro, you ain't Where's lying. the deodorant at? <laughs> so maybe that's a good thing. A, the jams need to be sponsored by Riot Guard from now on. Oh yeah, <laughs> bring like a, yeah. We gotta learn how to use that and put it on and Just, everything, you know. Yeah. Everyone gets a little uh, uh, shampoo bottle and a, you know, like a, a, a you know the little hotel like a, a hotel kit, the toiletry kit. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets that coming into yeah. the jam. That's funny, uh, man. So uh, moving on. Um, You've been in the hip hop scene for a long time. I mean, you're 41 now, and what, like, when did you really start in it? Uh, so let's see. I started back in '93. '93, okay. Yep. Man, 93. how old was I? I was six. Hey. Yeah, I was six <laughs> years old. So I don't know what I was doing. You know, probably trying to stop wetting the bed or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh. Uh, yeah, dude. So, man, 90, 93, that's basically golden era, uh, mm -hmm. hip hop music. Were, were you, were you, did you start as a B-boy or were you, I think you used to pop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I started off as a popper, you know, okay. um, kind of just, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what direction I wanted to go. And I really started from the underground scene, mm -hmm. you know, where a lot of parties used to they're now called raves, you know, yeah. but back then they were really underground parties, you know, that you would have to, you know, find out from like a friend of a friend or, you know, call, you know, uh, you know, a line that told, told you exactly what the party was, you a know, land line. Underground. <laughs> yeah. you know, but from the underground scene, you know, it was just, you know, I, I got to, you know, see a, a lot of different dancers and, you know, B-boys, you know, would be there, you know, and this is way before, you know, any internet was around or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, super, you know, dope to see other B-boys that you never seen before that were, you know, at this underground scene, killing it. Yeah, this was before even pagers, I think, right? Pagers. Were yeah. Really oh, yeah, pagers I mean, were pagers were around at that time. They were okay. Yeah. I mean, but it was basically a lot harder to communicate. There was no internet. There was no smartphones. There was no text messages. There was no, I mean really anything i mean you had to call and you had one phone at your house and yep. if your mom was on the phone you can't use the phone, <laughs> the phone. That's right. uh That's right. yeah i mean there i there was like pay phones you can get to but i mean like that's yep. that's a whole other issue so yeah i know communication was not the easiest thing back then for sure no um, it wasn't it wasn't but you know it was it, it was what it was you know but it was still dope because you know it was just an era that you were living in and you know and and you know, and somehow I found, you know, I found my way in, into hip hop, you know, uh, and started popping and everything. And I, I think it was after I saw the, you know, maybe breaking one, 
You know, I saw mm. <laughs> saw Turbo and, and Ozone in there, and I was like, "Yo, what is this?" Did you, you know? want to dress like them? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think at one point I might have. I might have. <laughs> oh, you had the little like <laughs> the shirt like up here. <laughs> no, I always no, laughed no, at I never, that. I never had that shirt. Uh, the <laughs> earring too. He had the like earring that was like six yeah. inches long or whatever the hell. <laughs> Whenever I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh, the dancing is so dope." But I can't help but think that they're just making fun of, <laughs> fun of hip hop because I'm like, there's no way in hell people are like dressing like this and not just making fun of something. <laughs> oh man, I swear man, but that's how hip hop was created, right? Yeah. Um, so tight. So like, really, it was, you know, that the the scene back then was like a product of its environment. Really, like, you know, hard to communicate, very underground because of that. Um, really. Not a lot of, um, I guess, uh, mainstream, uh, like, main, yeah, it wasn't really in the mainstream. Um, not, I mean, you, there wasn't really any footage, really. I mean, what no. that was probably before Battle of the Year was really making uh, VHS tapes, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was probably about the you know, about the era where it was, you know, coming around, but it wasn't around yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Barely people probably had video cameras. I mean, what where yeah. was Radiotron, the first Radiotron? That was probably around that time, right? Yep. So, yep. It yeah. was. Okay, yeah. Um so when was when was the moment when you like uh really said, Man, this is like the craziest thing. I need to really start breaking and wh when did it when did it click in your mind that this is like my life? Yeah, I went to uh, this competition in Union City. It was uh, it was it was somewhat underground, but it was my first breaking competition ever, mm -hmm. ever. And uh, and I remember rock old school rock horse was there, you know, and Silence was there, and uh, and and this is when it was okay to have like a popper on your squad, yeah. you know, when yeah. you, when you were battling and you know, and these battles went for days. It's not like you know one round, you know, two yeah. rounds here yeah. and there. You know, back then it was just like yo, everyone went for broke, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was just, you know, the type of feeling, the, the environment that, you know, that I was put in and, you know, the music and everything it was just like really enticing to me to, you know, to really want to like dive more into what, you know, what breaking was, you know, the, what, what part of the element it was part of the hip hop, you know, uh, era. Uh, so, yeah, it was through that competition, uh, you know, I saw uh, Solomon's and Rock Horse, but, I, but what really stood out to me was this one, one guy uh, that was amazing and killing it, and just really just like you know you, when you see somebody just like oh my god, like I, I want to do that or I want to be that guy or just you know mm -hmm. you just want to emulate that person. And that one person that I saw was Ivan. Oh okay, yeah. I was gonna say it's either <laughs> Ivan or Super Dave probably. Yeah, yeah. Super Dave was there too, but you know Ivan, you know was just. Do, Ivan I, is amazing. You know, I, you can't say enough about Ivan. To be honest, like I think Ivan was probably one of the first people I actually saw break too. Um, I think it was in the battle between him and I think it was Iron Monkey, and he. Oh yeah. Like, Iron Monkey is was good at that point, but man, I saw Ivan was just like freaking. Uh, he was on drugs or something. Like he was just going crazy. I was like, oh my god, yeah. how, like it's like he, it's like he went. 
it was like he turned Super Saiyan for a second and just went crazy. And I was like, holy crap, how the hell did he just do that? So I don't know. When I saw that, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and for someone to take to that level, right? It's like, yo, can number one, he can do that, right? So I can do that. Not maybe not that caliber, but just, you know, he was able to inspire, you know, me and everyone else in the world to, you know, to take breaking into, you know, the next level. Also because he was Mexican and I was like, yo, I'm Mexican. So he's representing for the, you know, for the Mexicans. I was like, yo, I can do that too. So yeah. more so I like to, you know, for that too, you know, when you see, you know, uh, someone that, you know, is representing not only for hip hop, but also, you know, for your, for your ethnicity, you're like, yo, that's dope. You know, hip hop is, you know, it doesn't stop at just one, you know, uh, ethnicity. It's com everything's combined. So I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. We can all get together, all, all colors, all people, everything and, and dance and battle and still be cool after the end of the battle. Like, all right, yo, that's, that was dope. That, that, that's one of the coolest things I think about hip hop is that it's so like multicultural and it's really, uh, for the most part, very, um, encouraged for it to stay multicultural and it's and i feel like every every country kind of has its own thing that they're contributing every like ethnicity is kind of contributing something to it and it's like i think it's such a great melting pot of stuff that it really proves to me that we can all really be unified as a you know as a human race because we're already doing it in hip-hop you know what i mean and I think that that's a great thing. And definitely, like, I know, you know, as you as a young person seeing somebody who you really relate to, uh, you know, on an ethnicity basis, seeing that they're thriving in this probably was very powerful to you to go, man, I can be that. I can do something in this too, man. This is such a cool thing. I mean, I definitely felt the same way seeing, seeing, uh, you know, all the, the different people uh, breaking when I was young going like, man, man it's, it, it does, you know, cause I'm, I'm mixed race, I'm half Japanese, half German. Um, and it's like, there's not a lot of people around that are like that. And then when you come into, into the hip hop world, it's kind of like, they, no one cares about that. They're like, hey dude, we're just dancing, man. And it's, it, I, I felt a good connection to that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that that's one of the one of the main powers of of hip hop, and and I, you know, I think it's it's something that we should always keep in the forefront of it, you know, essentially. So yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, back you know back around my time when I started, you know, it was breaking wasn't breaking, you know, it wasn't around, you know, how it is right now where you can just you know go to any practice and you know vibe out you know, and, and, and do that, you know, like, because there's no internet, you know, there's really nobody to really connect to, you know, you kind of just were on your own to figure things out, you know, and, and watch videos and watch B Street like a hundred times, you know, mm -hmm. to, to be like, all right, how did he do that move right there? You know, on a VHS, rewind, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it was just very, you know, it was very humbling to kind of just, you know, to learn these moves, uh, you know, and, and kind of keep your hunger alive, you know, at these battles because uh, of the fact that, you know, everybody was kind of coming up at the same time. Mm, 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 mm. There was something I wanted to go back to, and I'm trying to remember what it was, because um, you were talking about, 
uh, <clears throat> like the first time you really got into breaking and you mentioned something. Um, hopefully I'll remember this. Um, uh, but one thing that I've always really liked about you and your crew beats and pieces was that you've always been like this really together thing. And, uh, I, you know, in my personal opinion, I think crew is a very important thing. It's, I mean, it's like family, it's like your hip hop family. And I've always really looked up to Beats and Pieces crew because you guys, I think you do it right because you have this tight knit family, and it's like, uh, you know, it's it's a very family esque type of crew. And I think that in in the present culture of breaking and hip hop, that's not really in the forefront of people's, um, uh, you know we don't see a lot of like crew crews still kind of like rocking together like that i mean i know massive monkeys is still kind of kind of keeping that same mentality uh, i think have a coro as well but beyond that um there's not a lot of like mainstream crews i think that are doing that so uh, i want to know like what your thoughts are on that yeah i mean coming up you know my first crew was was all aspects you know and, and mm -hmm. you know and we represented all aspects of hip-hop you know not just in breaking we had our own djs our own graph writers you know we had the b-boys you know and then we also had the mcs so we were all aspects of of hip-hop and that's why we went under all aspects when we first came up and we mm -hmm. battled you know all the time at all the events had jamar as our all-style dancer which you know which is now you know, it's taken off to be an all-style dancer, but back then it was just very primitive to have your b-boys and, you know, have an all-style dancer next to you and, you know, judges are like, well, he's not breaking, you know? Uh, but, you know, that's what a crew is. You know, you enter with your crew, you know, whether, you know, wh whether they're, you're good, you're bad, you know, you, you just got to go through the fire with the people that you start with, right? Because you build up, you know, that mentality of knowing you know what they can do and what they can't do you know knowing their motivations and, and 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 trusting in them right so when when we go to battle you know i don't have to second guess you know what what you know what's sergio gonna do what's rj gonna do is he ready is he not ready you know you prepare for for certain things like this and also you know for life you know life's life happens in different ways you know where people you know have other problems in life you know and then you have to be there for them for that too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so crew, crew like you said is your family right so your family and your brotherhood you know you take with you through everything right and right now you don't see that you know you don't see that in, in the scene like people are repping like five or six different crews mm -hmm. you know and to me that's that's cool but you never you know you, you're not you're essentially you're not with you know your, your your own crew like why aren't you with your own crew anymore you know is it because you know they stop you know going this far and this other crew's up here and you want to go up there too you know uh i've always had that loyalty to to being you know true to my crew because of the fact that you know this is something forever long lasting you know whether we're in the scene out of the scene you know we're always you know able to kind of come back together and kind of support each other, you know, mm -hmm. through whatever endeavor, you know, we're going through. So crew to, crew to me is like family, loyalty, you know, mm -hmm. uh, leadership, mm -hmm. you know, uh, without crew, you really don't have a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think, I think nowadays there's so much um, emphasis on com 
competitions now. And so everyone wants to really like squad up and become, you know, take the best guy from every crew and do that. And, uh, I, you know, I think there's, there's crews such as like, um, like super crew, for instance, they, that's, I think how they essentially started, but they basically built a family out of that. And I think maybe that that's, maybe that's where the scene is going towards is getting elite members of each crew and then making families out of them. Um, uh, you know, I have some reservations about that. Uh, you know, ultimately if they're, if they're, if they're rocking with their brothers and sisters, I think that that's fine. Like, you know, um, I just, I don't particularly, uh, I don't know how well that would work for me. Um, but you know, I definitely think that, you know, a lot of times in the scene, there's, you have like this breaking crew and then you have the actual people that you're like down to down, down with, you know what I mean? Like for me, my crew, a lot of them don't even really dance anymore, but they're like family to me, you know what I mean? And, um, so I imagine every b-boy probably, every b-boy, every b-girl has that relationship to a group of people, of individuals that are in the hip hop scene, but they probably aren't necessarily dancing with those guys all the time. They're, they might be with another group too. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think it's like a bad thing. It's just a different thing that, um, you know, I've been trying to, think about and see how that, that how that's actually going to affect uh, the, the future of hip hop like what how do you how do you feel it's going to affect the, the future I mean there's pros and cons to, you know to to being in multiple crews right I mean mm -hmm. you know you're always going to uh, either get along with that person or, or crew or not you know uh, but and, and I don't know I mean right now I think we're seeing what you know the future right now with you know with you know, Red Bull having their own team of, you know, yeah. of, of elite dancers, you know, also with Monster having, you know, crazy dancers, you know, from other crews, you know, all unite to, to form that that unit, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think right now, you know, we're, we're in that era as far as, you know, if breaking is able to, you know, get traction again, you know, maybe we're looking at a bigger platform, you know, with, you know, more sponsors come in to be involved to sponsor, you know, certain crews that will take it to the next level and spot, you know, get sponsored by, by the next big major company, you know, energy drink or, you know, something, you know, something to that caliber. Mm. Uh, so I, right now, you know, you're able to make a lot more money in breaking, you know, if you're at that, you know, top level, you know, mm -hmm. of maybe that 5% or 1% if you can get up there. You know, but, you know, for the other people that can't get up there, you know, they, you know, you really just got to, you know, think about what, what crew means to you, you know, and, and, and what your actual goals are, you know, to, you know, to pursue breaking, you know, do you want to be with your crew just to, you know, have a brotherhood or sisterhood and, you know, enter battles and that's it? Or do you want to take it to the, you know, maximum performance level and, and give it all you've got, you know, and, and, and try to be on these, you know, elite teams that, you know, you may be able to get, you know, a major sponsorship from it. Mm, it mm. You know, it's just, uh, it really comes down to what, you know, what that person's ultimate yeah. goals are, you know, what they want to try to get out of, you know, breaking. Yeah. In your opinion, um, what is the, what is like the most important thing that like 
breaking has really like given you? I mean, like what, what do you get mainly from it? You know, if it's not just competition or, you know, the, the thrill of competing and, and dancing, what, what, uh, I guess mentally, physically do you, do you think is the, the, the greatest benefit of it? Uh, well, mentally, physically, I mean, that, you know, that, that, that's part of it, but you know, at the same time you get freedom, you know, you get mm. freedom to create, you know, you get to be yourself, you get to add your own, you know, style and your own persona to, you know, to whatever character you're, you're you are out there, you know, yeah. um, for, for me, it's just, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying not, I don't need to be the best. I'm not trying to be the best. I'm not the best, you know, but I want to leave a legacy behind of my foundation of you know where i came from from all aspects to you know beats and pieces you know where the the meaning to our crew for beats and pieces is you know everyone in the crew rocks beats and we leave a little piece of our style behind mm. right so beats and pieces you rock beats leave your style behind yeah so the legacy for me is to you know to be free to 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 inspire and motivate and, and to leave a, a legacy behind so the next generation can see that, you know, i.e. my students, you know, can pick that up and, and carry on the torch into the, you know, the next level of breaking, you know, when they get to that level, they can remember, oh, okay, well, it, it all starts from, you know, from the past. You know, if I look at my past, you know, then I can, I can take it to the future. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good answer, freedom. Um, cause I, I definitely, that definitely resonates with me. I mean, when I first was introduced to the hip hop scene, you know, I, I felt like I was really kind of trapped, uh, you know, in my life, you know, school wants you to do this. Your parents want you to do that. Other people want you to do this. And it's like, man, I don't know what the hell is going on. And then you come to hip hop and it's like, what do you want to do? Hey, we got this. We like, we like you Hey, do you on the floor. And I was like, oh, for reals, dude. All right, cool. And then you like roll around or whatever the hell. And then someone's like, hey, that's a dope move. And it's like, oh, man, I was just rolling on the floor. And so, you know, then you make a whole style out of that. And, you know, you're you're trying you're you're really building something out of nothing out of Mm -hmm. like the complete uh, emptiness of like your mind or whatever. You know what I mean? So, man, that really resonates me with me because definitely it gave me the sense of freedom in a, in a world where I was just trapped by freaking all the different things going on. So, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully that's what other people get out of it too. I mean, I think that, yeah, if I was to answer that same question, it'd probably be the same answer that you just gave. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I I mean, you know, everybody has their challenges, but when it comes to breaking, you know, uh, right now, I think the biggest challenge is, you know, being able to create something that's, that's new because right now, because the internet is so, you know, fast, you know, fast tracked, you know, you can look up any type of move, any type of tutorial, anything you want, you know, mm-hmm. look up any B-boy, B-girl you want and be able to emulate that style, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I think it's it's great, but it's also, you know, bad because it doesn't allow you to, to be creative as, as you once were, you know, before, the internet was around, you know, you had to fight for yourself or physically had to fight for yourself at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. You just bit my stuff, you know, like, let's go, you know, we're gonna handle it on the floor, we're gonna handle it outside. And that's how it was, you know, because yeah. it was it was very just like, you know, important for someone to be, you know, themselves and to not bite, right? But right now, the internet's giving you everything, but it's also taking, taking everything away from you. Yeah. So yeah. 
it, you know, so it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's not exciting anymore, you know? Yeah. In my opinion, I think social media and, uh, yeah, mostly social media and just the online presence of everything and the on, I guess like the on demand of just content for breaking has allowed the scene, the, the, the scene to kind of go in one direction. Right. And so you see, you see like very prominent styles that most people are adhering to. And there's only like a few random little pieces that, uh, you know, aren't really fitting that mold anymore. Whereas in like, you know, the, I would say the golden era of like breaking probably like the late nineties, early two thousands, personally, for me, that would be the golden era. It was like, yeah, if you were biting or anything, if your style even remarkably looked close to another person's style, it's like someone's going to say something, you know what I mean? And so you had to stay different. I mean, that's why you get guys like Rob Zilla who are just like, I don't think he does a single move that's like a, a, a textbook breaking move, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, you get Cujo or something where he's, doing some wild stuff you know you got uh you know uh, remind um you know he's mixing like kind of like a house style with an up rock style and just amazing groundwork moves to put all those people in the same category of breaking is is like impossible but now you see the the, a lot of the 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 high profile b-boys they're kind of like i mean there's definitely i don't want to say that they're like biting or anything because i don't think they are but i do think that the the competition scene has driven styles to a certain place and so you don't you no longer see a lot of prominent styles like robzilla for instance uh, you know um and so it's very I don't know. textbook right now yeah it, it yeah yeah people people picked up the manual for breaking and then yeah. um and we're going like, okay, I'm going to keep like 90% of this. And then that 10% is that stuff that came in their mind. Whereas I feel like back in, in, in like the early 2000s, it was more like, I'm going to take that 10% of the textbook and then I'm going to do 90% of whatever the hell I want to do. So uh, I, I, I really yearn for more of that, to be honest. I'd love to see some just wild stuff, you know, become prominent in the in the breaking culture because that's one of the more important things to me when i see when i see something that i've just never seen before uh i think it's like that's one of the coolest parts of breaking because uh i mean definitely around like the early 2000s when you started seeing the like they used to call it the animal style um like with uh or the vegas style where they were like stepping on their hands and doing some crazy threads and oh, yeah. stuff uh-huh. and, the rolling style yeah the rolling style yeah uh, and so that was so cool to see because i never ever ever thought about doing that and when i saw yeah. it i was like oh man these guys are taking this into a way different direction and then you had like the circus style where they were like throwing their foot over their head and i was like oh my god this is like yoga with yeah. breaking i mean and you know so uh just seeing those wild different styles it's it's a it's a testament to um how free the how free hip-hop really is how freeing it it can be yeah absolutely i I think we need to get back to the basis of that because right now like we were saying like it is very textbook to uh to kind of see these competitions right where 
Whereas that freestyle, you know, element uh, isn't there as much because right now everybody relies on, you know, for sets, you yeah. know, and, and these are competition b-boys, right? Uh, nothing wrong with sets, right? Because you're, you're really, you're basically just, you know, putting out a, a set story of, of, you know, of your burn, right? Uh, whereas, you know, in the past it was just a freestyle, you know, with burns in between, but it was just unique in its own, you know, manner the way it was done you know and it was like yo that's that's super dope you know that somebody can still be you know abstract like that and still be able to you know pull off you know that style yeah yeah it's i i i think the 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 coolest what what i would see in that time was more like it was more of like art and the great thing about art is that not every painting for instance is going to resonate with everybody but it's going to resonate with a few and it and it's a very per art is a very personal thing too so when i saw someone do breaking and doing something that's just off the wall it seeing that it it reminded me of like painting for instance because uh it, it seems like they really they had to dig deep into themselves really put you know put their own spin on it and um you know I, I i started out as a painter and um way before i ever even started breaking and well, so as a graph? I, I was graph no 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 painting like this and oh, painting. i don't okay. know if you can see this one though but yeah I, I i painted for a long time i mean baby basically since i was a kid and so like i was big into that world and um so then coming into breaking and seeing that same kind of thing inside it, it was really cool. You know, it's really cool to see that. And so, um, and that, and I think that's why I, I, I um, you know, it really resonated with me and I wanted to do more of it. And so uh, now see in a, in a world where there's more, it's more competition based and you're missing that a little bit or the, the art, the artistic part of it is kind of going to the back burner a little bit. It, it bothers me a little bit. Um, and I don't want to necessarily hate on the scene. I think it's, I think it's going where it's going to go. Um, but I just hope that it doesn't lose a piece of that too, because I think that that is a very valuable thing. And I do think it is a fundamental pillar of hip hop and breaking is the originality and the art artistic uh, nature of it. And so, um, you know, when people ask about foundation, um, you know, it, 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 most people will say, oh yeah, we got six step and windmill and head spin and stuff those are foundational moves but one thing that gets left out of the conversation i think is originality is that piece of you and it's maybe it's taboo to say that uh your 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 foundation is based on something that might not even exist already but i do think that that's important because that's really how breaking started i mean uh anti-biting is a pillar of, of 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 breaking right so i do think that it's somehow tied into the foundation of everything so yeah know. no definitely that's that's my rant about that <laughs> <laughs> um so uh dude so one last thing and we're kind of hitting oh, almost an hour now so um we should probably close out soon uh one thing you've been doing a lot during um this quarantine is you've been djing a lot and which i didn't even know you dj'd um but 
hearing all your mixes i know you've been putting them on soundcloud and stuff i've been like peeping a lot of them and i was like oh dude this guy's got some skills and so um like uh i guess how did that come about and like when did you really start djing yeah well remember in the beginning i said we represent all aspects of hip-hop yeah yeah so we had DJs in our in our crew, and and I always was around, you know, DJs from the from the start. You know, I would always see them, hear them, you know, go to competitions, you know, to watch them. Uh, but I, myself, I never, you know, delved into that, you know, uh, element of wanting to learn until recently. Mm. Um, and I've only been DJing for a year, you mm. know. But what has helped me, I think, you know, get better. Uh, equipped to be a DJ and to understand music is, you know, that I'm already, you know, accustomed to to music, knowing when certain, mm -hmm. you know, drops are going to hit, you know, uh, knowing, you know, where the hi-hats are, you know, all that stuff, uh, you know, that comes, you know, uh, to being a DJ. Mm -hmm. um, so being a b-boy definitely has, you know, fast-tracked me into understanding music and, you know, what type of music that I want to put out. You know, I want to put out good music with, you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, good energy that allows someone to, you know, to, to maybe take a trip back to their memory and be like, oh, damn, I remember when, when hip-hop was hip-hop, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, and, and with DJing, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like breaking, you know, you're able to, you know, add your own style, like we were just talking about, to be original, right? You know, to to, to, to have your own flair into how you want to develop these mixes, mm -hmm. you know? So that's very unique to me. And I think that's why I, you know, I, I, you know, dig deeper into wanting to be a better DJ because it's like breaking, you know, you, you can be whatever you want to be in this, you know, you just got to put the work in and, you know, and, you know, and, and the product is going to, you know, sell itself, you know, and, uh, and it's been a fun journey. Like I said, it's only been a year, it's still a lot to learn, you know, just like we're breaking, you know, you're never going to learn everything, you know, but, you know, you just got to just perfect your style as best as you can and, and hope that it resonates with the right, you know, people. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You know, you're still you know, going through a journey, you know, it's, it's it's not it's not a it's not a race it's a you know it's a marathon you know and uh yeah, yeah. you know you just really want to take your time and and you know and and luckily through djing it's you know helped me kind of you know uh stay afloat you know through covid because i'm now you know not only making mixes now other people are hitting me up you know for 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 events uh you know before covid i had like six or seven you know events i was gonna dj and i lost them all because obviously we can't get together and you know and do that right now yeah, yeah. but right now i'm getting other people hitting me up you know online for me to make mixes for them for maybe they're teaching a class and they need a mix right yeah so i'm able to make a mix and you know still able to kind of stay in that element of you know staying you know staying busy and still be able to you know turn a profit you know uh for something that you know really just you know came out came out of nowhere yeah yeah i think djing well to be a dancer i think you have to have to be a good dancer you have to you fundamentally have to have a good understanding of music and i think that that uh i think dancing and djing have this relationship where if you're good at dancing you can probably figure out djing and same thing i think with djing i think you can figure out 
dancing as well because of because of how interlaced the music is uh, you know when i first started breaking actually um i was really i was really into i was really intrigued in the uh the dj culture and the music culture and so i i bought some shitty turntables and i was man how old was i, I was probably like 13 no 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 i was 14 or 15 probably and um we would we would just go and and practice breaking and we would bring our turntables um me and my brother and we would just play during um during the uh during our practice or whatever and so we would just take turns djing and stuff yeah i think that really helped me get a understanding of dancing get a good understanding of hip-hop get a good understanding of music the the formulation of music and so uh i i feel like that's that helped me a lot in the dance world and in the music world and so um i don't know i encourage every dancer to really like uh, have a little stint in djing just like try it out a little bit because i think it'll help it'll help a lot for sure yeah i mean mean, it helps with you know with counting it helps with you know learning just you know uh musicality and everything yeah it really it gives you another uh, another perspective on um it because essentially djing to me is like dancing with music yeah. right you're, you're you're i mean you're obviously like mixing stuff but you're juggling and stuff and it, it's it's like mm-hmm. you're dancing to music while you make the music you know right and, um so I, I encourage people to 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 try it out a little bit because I do think it, it, it would help a lot in dancing. And so, I don't know. I've, I've always, I, I've always wanted to get back into DJing. I, I wasn't necessarily like a great DJ or anything. Like I was trying to learn how to scratch and shit. <laughs> Scratching is very hard. Um, oh, know, yeah, I was is. just learning how to juggle, you know? And, and so I learned back when Serato wasn't a thing. So right. I actually like, I, I, I remember watching like some, um, a few like DJ documentaries and um, what did I see? This was before YouTube, so I definitely didn't see anything on YouTube. DMC Championship. And, yeah, that. I think maybe it was that. And so I yeah. would see like Hubert and guys like that who would be yeah. like using all these crazy techniques where they would yeah, like yeah. stack records and they would put like tape on like the the, the certain break oh, yeah. and stuff. And I, I was like watching it and like really picking apart how they did that stuff. And I was like, oh man, I think I can do that. So I would like try to do it and stuff. And so yeah. it helped me, it helped me kind of learn the DJ game a little bit um, and definitely helped me understand music more, which obviously helped in dancing. So, um, you know, I, I hope someday I can get back into um, DJing. Um, I've been thinking about buying some new turntables, but nice. that was uh, before I bought all this equipment to like do this podcast. So I don't know. Right. Someday, someday right. I'll probably get some more stuff. I, I, I started <laughs> doing music production too. So I, I bought a bunch of like music pr- production um, equipment, good like keyboard and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, the, D, the the turntables are kind of still on like the, it's in the future um yeah financial investment i guess um but yeah i hope i can get in get into that again so um anyway so uh with djing your your goal is to really like start doing like djing more competitions or are you also trying to do like clubs and other events uh, maybe um weddings too is that something you're looking at doing well, yeah, I have my, my own uh, production company, uh, mm. 
precise productions right okay. and, and we're a full service production company that does all types of events you know uh whatever they are you know uh so yeah so and that and that's you know got started you know a little bit before covid hit you know and that and everything was going under my llc for you know the production company mm. um so when that you know when covid whenever you know we're able to do what you know another event party you know then I'll definitely pick that back up and transition into that. And, you know, that's why I'm making all these mixes so that way I can still keep some visibility yeah. out there. Yeah. So, you know, when clients ask, you know, hey, do you have a demo or do you have a, you know, a YouTube page I can go check your mixes out? Oh yeah, well, here's like 20 different mixes I have, you know? Mm. Uh, so I'm just trying to really kind of still market myself in a different capacity uh, to where, you know, I can kind of uh, still pick up where I left off, uh, if not better. I wouldn't mind doing, you know, battles, uh, you know, B-Way battles, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, I think that's that's dope too. I think I would bring a different, you know, a different player and style to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but my focus is on, you know, uh, not so much clubs, but just like, you know, events, you know, that uh, that are going to allow me to, you know, have you like, know different types of styles and different types of you know equipment there that i can bring like corporate events and family events stuff like that yeah corporate birthday parties weddings you know yeah, like okay. I, had, I had a couple weddings lined up you know oh, yeah. uh, different types of events you know uh and you know and online events too right now you know uh, mm -hmm. uh adobe uh had uh, hit one of my uh friends up and they were looking for uh, you know a dj and then he referred them to me so i might be doing an adobe virtual party oh, uh, coming up here you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, just to be, you know, just to kind of just, you know, do something different, you know, but still be in the realm of hip hop, right? Because mm -hmm. you're still, you know, you're still DJing, you're still, you know, providing a service that is still in the, you know, calibers of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what I've been seeing in the DJ community a lot is like doing live stream, um, just they'll yeah. just be playing music and it's like they'll just sit down for like a couple hours and just mix and i'm just like that's tight i mean you just yeah. can just s s basically just sign on and just vi vibe out to the shit that they're putting on i see dudes on youtube and on instagram twitch. doing it twitch. on twitch yeah yeah and so i'm like that's that's tight because like if, if i was a dj that's what i would probably be doing right now because it's like it just seems like it, it seems so fun to do that and you can definitely probably you know it, it's probably different than doing some some live event because you're obviously not doing any kind of crowd control um maybe the crowd control is a little different because you're like maybe answering like a uh, a live stream um uh, yeah. chat room or something yep. maybe that's how you're you're doing your crowd control or whatever but uh, yeah. uh no I, th I think that'd be fun and you you're probably getting some new um you know some new thing they're trying out some new things with with some of their mixes and stuff so um and their mixing techniques so i think that's really cool yeah i haven't tried out you know those i, I went live a couple times on you know on ig live when i was djing and everything uh and, and i was on there for like a half hour and it was cool you know I, I had you know a handful of people in there watching me yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i haven't done it like you know where you know where you have you know 500 people watching you you know yeah. and watching you know you do everything right 
right now, like because I've only been doing it for you know a short amount of time, I feel like I'm not at that level that I want people to you know tune into because <laughs> because <laughs> you know there's still there's still mistakes that happen and you know when, when I watch like you know other DJs like Shortcut, like he puts on a freaking whole show. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, Jazzy Jeff, you know, that dude's like, been, yeah, those guys have been DJing for like freaking 40 or some years, you know? Yeah. Like for real. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, they're exci- and they're exciting to watch because they're I'm, on like, a different they, level because they do a lot of different, you know, things with the, with, uh, with the music and they're able to do different things with the, yeah. you know, turntables. I'm like, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's what's so cool about the world of DJing and turntablism is like, man, it's, it, it really is like this huge art form that, uh, it's hard to understand. I think just from listening, just pure listening, you almost got to watch it too, because it's like, wow, there's so many like crazy things that these guys are doing that you wouldn't pick up on it unless you like maybe knew the, the original break that they're, they're using. And then like all these different little sounds that they're adding in. And it's like every little piece of it, has to be something that they actually programmed in or that they're tapping now or that they're mixing in they're scratching it so it's 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 like it's like basically being a whole band by yourself which is which is which is really cool so uh and yeah i mean i don't know you're you're dancing you're you're dancing to the music that you're making i think is really the best way to explain it (laughs) yeah for sure for sure but they're you know shout shout out to the you know to the djs that, that that can keep it interesting and to you know uh, you know, they perfect their styles just like how, you know, the dancers do, you know, we make something, you know, hard look effortless and that's, you know, where, you, you know, where I'm at with, right now with, with, uh, with the DJs that I watch, you know, I'm just like, hey, Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. how, how is that even possible? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, the, the venture's still there and, you know, I'm still, you know, learning a lot of things and practicing a lot of different things to uh to enhance my dj skills which anybody should be doing you know when you're picking up a new skill you just you know you just don't get good overnight you know it's, it takes persistence. time to get persistence creates uh the preciseness <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah and with that i think that's a good way to end this show persistence creates preciseness b-boy precise um where can people find you? You're on Instagram, right? Yeah, you can find me on my Instagram, B-Boy Precise. You can go to my YouTube channel, DJ Precise. Uh, go to my SoundCloud, also DJ Precise. Uh, those are my uh, social media channels that uh, that I have up, up and running right now. So you can follow me through any of those uh, sites. Dope. So it's B-Boy Precise on all those different uh, mediums. Check him out. He's dope. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Sorry, Yo, the show sucks. One more, oh, one yeah, more yeah, thing, go. though. One more thing is that um, if COVID has taught us anything, it's taught us to be more, you know, to, to be more concerned with your friends or family, mm. right? Check check in with your friends or family, even though someone says they're doing okay. You know, reach out to them and really just you know be there for them because right now everyone's going through you know, a crazy time right now, you know, every day is different for somebody, you know, every day is different for me. Sometimes I have my ups and downs, but you know, it's through, you know, those personal relationships that we have to really just, you know, reach out to people, you know, just don't like someone's posts on Facebook mm. or any social media, you know, really reach out to them and, yeah. you know, see how they're doing, you know, depression is a big thing right now. And yeah. even more so right now with people losing their jobs, you know, and unemployment cutting benefits to, 
you know, 23 million or plus people that, you know, needed that money. So, you know, a lot of changes are happening. So just be kind, be, be thoughtful and just, you know, be in the moment to, uh, you know, to accept, you know, your friends and family, you know, through this time right now. Yeah, definitely. I think mental health is a big challenge at this time. And it's, um, and it's, you know, it's kind of compounding because of all this COVID stuff. And so, uh, you know, yeah, reach out to the people because, you know, in a way this, it, it, it could potentially be more dangerous than the actual virus, you know, in a way, because it, it, it's going to have lasting consequences beyond this virus after, you know, after everything is solved with the virus. So definitely reach out to people, you know, turn this thing off that, you know, turn this podcast off right now, go call your mom, go call your brother, go call your sister, go call your dad, go call your grandma and your grandpa and all your friends. So, um, dope, man. Thanks for being on. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Peace out. Peace, yo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man.